Boom. Hello, everybody. Shout out one time Grover for the greeting. Um, what's up? My name is Mike Falzone. You're watching. Welcome to our podcast. Now, if you hear me say that and your next thought is our, who's our? Do you have a mouse in your pocket? No, I don't. My wife is gone. She's gone. She, <laughs> she's in Palm Springs with her sister for her sister's birthday. Shout out Veej two time. Sorry, I broke uh, before that kind of disrespectful. Anyway, it's a birthday time in Palm Springs. You know how much Zoya loves Palm Springs. You know how much uh, she and the girls like vacation. They're taking a vacation. Who's here to hold down the fart while she's not here? That's me. That's me. And that's not only me, but it's also you guys. Because I went online and I asked for your questions on Twitter at WelcomePod. Uh, on Instagram, my Instagram at Mike Falzone, not to be confused with underscore a thousand underscores. Welcome to our podcast, the official, uh, IG of this podcast where we post clips done by, uh, Leah and Kevin and everybody does a great job. Lex curates that everybody's doing a great job. Um, and I asked you guys for questions. Last night was Halloween, the night after Mischief Night. And you guys went out and you got drunk. And I went on IG and I said, ask me whatever you want while you're drunk tonight. And tomorrow I'll answer them on the podcast. This is that. Time to answer up. Everything you might have been wondering. And we'll do that right after these messages. And we're back. Um, we're going to start going down the line. I'll do the Twitter questions first. If you would like to ask questions at any point, it's at WelcomePod on Twitter. Um, let's start with Yeet at Lovely Casual says, what's one album that you love that everyone should listen to at least once in their life? I came up with five because at the different points in my life, they were different. But here are five albums that I could listen to all the way through at any point. Um, and we'll go down the list. Beatles white album is my favorite album. And I think it's just fucking awesome. And I think it's so, you know, you might be thinking of the Beatles and think that you have a pretty good idea of what the Beatles were. And then you listen to the white album and you're like, who are these guys compared to the love me do or eight days a week guys. And, um, it's kind of just like people in their late twenties, early thirties doing whatever the fuck they want and knowing that they're one of the greatest bands in the universe and experimenting with stuff and just like being cool as shit and growing as individuals and kind of growing away from each other. But I think that was their last, like, or one of their last, like, we're all fucking in it together. Let's do this. Let's give each other a reason to break up. So it's kind of very, um, to me, and I might be totally off base by this, but to me, it was always like that cool part of your life where you're growing into whatever kind of adult you're going to be. And no matter what part of group or organization or school or, you know, friend group, relationship, whatever, you're growing into your own 
voice as a part of that thing. And that's always what the Beatles album was. And I also think there's something on there for everyone. Cause it's not, it doesn't all sound like one type of a thing. There's so many different types of songs on there. And I thought that was a cool thing for a collection of songs. Um, Incubus morning view, obviously just, what was it? The 20th anniversary. God damn, man. When that album came out, it didn't leave my CD player forever. Me and my friend Aaron would drive around singing um, all of those songs, harmonies, new harmonies for all those songs. Let's hit it one more time. And um, that was, there's just so many, you know, if you drive around and you listen to music, um, there are memories that are ingrained in your head because of what album you were listening to at that time. And that is one of those, man. I could think of specific streets. I could think of specific types of coffee I was drinking in the car during listening to that. I could think of people who I was friends with, who I'm not friends with anymore, just because not for any dramatic fallout reason, but just for, um, growing apart the grades that I was in during the time that was popular. And, uh, it's just fun how music could, uh, unearth all those specific memories and paint this picture in your head of who you was. Um, speaking of records like that, I put the score by the Fugees. If you like rap at all, I always thought this is going to start being like old man, Mike, but when I, we were just brought up in a cool time with music. We had the Fugees, we had Lauren Hill, Wyclef Jean, and uh, I used to listen to that record fucking all the time too. So much so that there was this like bootleg remix record that came out of the score. Somebody remixed all the songs on the score, and I thought that was cool too, but not as good as the original score. A couple bangers on there as far as remixes go, but, um, one of the first records I listened to nonstop as a whole record, actual physical record was my parents' record. And it was earth, wind and fire, the way of the world. Should have used the effect on that one, but didn't. Um, that's a great record. And then as I'm getting more, I've always been kind of into the Foo Fighters cause I was a huge Nirvana fan. And then it was weird for all of us when Kurt Cobain passed away, but I was kind of too young to fully understand what was going on there. But, uh, you know, the more I read Dave Grohl's book and the more I reminisce about the Foo Fighters, and the first time I saw the Foo Fighters, and I think I've, I've said this a couple times over the past few weeks, sorry, but that book is just fresh in my head. The first time I saw the Foo Fighters was like on MTV on a commercial break, they were advertising for their album. It was like the commercial in a commercial break for Beavis and Butthead or whatever. And they came back and I was like, what the fuck? The drummer from Nirvana is going to do a thing. And then they were good right off the bat, right from the jump. The Foo Fighters were good. And, uh, when me and Olin and Rachel Vaughn and Zoya were in Joshua Tree and Kevin filming that, uh, true, true millennial survivor, we stayed at a, um, Airbnb and Joshua tree. And they had like seven records and a record player. And, uh, one of the records was just the best of the Foo Fighters. And without picking any specific album, I would just say, get the fucking best of Foo Fighters record and listen to that. Cause it's just a great 
rock band. It's like a great evolution of a rock band. Um, and I also put Mute Math because Mute Math will be one of my favorite bands forever and always. Amen. And I think the record that you should listen to is just called Mute Math. There's Mute Math, there's Armistice, and there's Odd Soul, and they're all great. But if you're going to start somewhere, start with the first one. Mackenzie, rewatched SourceFed, where you all climbed around that goddamn table. She didn't say that. I added that. I was wondering if you would ever attempt that again. Never say never, but no. No. It's just that the older you get, Lexi, I'm like, there's so many other things I have to do before climb around a table. Now, you might be sitting there saying, is it because you know you can't? I'm going to say right now, even though I've been working out and I feel good, I'm going to say I probably can't climb around a goddamn table. But would I want to? Would I rather be doing almost anything else? Yes. And I think that's what's important. Lex, best birthday present you've ever gotten. Um, Lex and Rob got me golf tees with my name on them. And I used them the other day. And I immediately, I took them out of the package. And uh, they come in this fancy pouch, as most fancy things do. Crown Royale, gold pieces. And I took them out. And these things said my name on them. It's little wooden tees. It's Mike Falzone. Because they know that I've been playing golf. And they're, they're good friends. And uh, I was like, that's a very thoughtful gift, but it's also a gift from someone who might not know too much about golf because those things get destroyed. And it's such a cool thing to have intact. And a wooden tee will more often than not get broken immediately. So I took one out the other day because I played in my first golf tournament on Saturday. Didn't come in last didn't come in first, came in closer to last than first. If you're wondering, a little sip. And um, I used one and I broke it immediately and I felt bad, but I want to save them. Maybe I'll use one once in a while, but it was a great gift. Anyway, not the best gift I've ever gotten. Uh, Zoya got me golf clubs where... And this year, that was the greatest thing that she could have given me. One, because it's very expensive. And I always feel bad when people get me expensive stuff because uh, imposter syndrome. And I feel like I don't deserve it. Plus, I am kind of impostering a golfer because I just started this year. But now I have these great clubs that um, anything that is maybe unexpected, that um, but you still really want, you just never expected that you would get. And uh, in this case, it's going to help me enjoy what has become a very new uh, hobby even more than I already do. So that's a super great gift. Um, I was trying to think of other great gifts over the years. And I think if I called my parents and I was like, you know, what are some of the gifts that you've gotten me over the years? Most of it, birthday and Christmas, like they got me a bike. I remember that. And um they always did really good with, with birthday gifts, but mostly as I got older, it was like paying half of like chipping in for something that I really wanted, like a going halvesies on a, a guitar or something like that. I remember, I don't remember if my Taylor acoustic was a 
birthday present, but that was the most perfect acoustic guitar I've ever gotten in my entire life. And then they bought me a 60s replica, I think American-made Fender Stratocaster. It's like seafoam green. It had the old tuners where... You know, you don't thread the string through. You you place it on top, and then you you turn it into the uh, machine head or whatever the fuck the tuners. And that was awesome. And I love that so much. I have this tendency that if I really really love something and it has value, I don't use it all the time because I don't want to fuck it up. Same thing with like shoes. Some of my favorite shoes I don't wear against my own advice because I don't want to get them dirty. And I don't want to put such a beautiful piece of art on the dirty ground where people are just dirty, do dirty things like shit on the ground. They wipe their dog's shit and piss on my beautiful piece of art shoes. But, uh... And then there was a point at the end of Mike Falzone and the Peppermint Trick where I started using that all the time, and it just sounded so cool. And it was kind of a pain in the ass to to restring, but even so, it was just fucking awesome. So I've gotten a lot of good gifts. Sorry to go too long on that one. Tatiana says, drop some of your favorite book recommendations. Okay, no problem. I couldn't find this book, but The Creative Curve... Um, by Alan, God damn it, man. I wish my memory was better. Alan, uh, I dude, I did a Mike in the morning episode with Alan G starts with a G fuck me. Just, it's called the creative curve and watch that as a precursor to reading the book. I would say, watch that, um, Mike in the morning episode mm. because he was just super awesome to talk to. And then I brought a bunch of my other book recommendations. I would definitely recommend Dave Grohl's book. I'm like three chapters in. I don't get the time to just sit down and and read that much, but um, I would like to set aside an hour or three today to read one chapter because dyslex, dyslexian Rob. Um, I'm just not a good reader because I read slow because I see everything backwards and I hate that. But um I'm three chapters in. I've cried at every chapter so far. Uh, And I brought over some of my other favorite books. Let me bring them over to the camera. Okay. Fuck. Now, looking at me, you wouldn't be like, that dude reads. Because I don't look like a dude who reads. I look like a dude who waits for somebody else to read. And then tells me what the book is about. This book is called Without Their Permission by Alexis Ohanian. And uh, Alexis Ohanian is um, he's the founder of Reddit, co-founder of Reddit. Um, and just a super smart dude. And a dude, when I met him, he just forever seemed like he was kind of ahead of the curve. And... Uh, kind of knows how to create something based on a void that is around that needs to be filled. And, um, that's a super cool intuition to have. So I read this book and I try to read it or even just skim through it every once in a while when I'm kind of feeling in a rut. And, uh, and you know, sometimes you get that feeling where you're hungry and you want to eat something, but you don't know what to eat. You just know that you're hungry and sometimes I get the feeling, and other creative people tell me if you're, if you also have this. Oh, it also has a thing on the back that says five-hour read, which is interesting. 
I'm going to try that. I'm, I might r- try to read this whole thing on a plane ride. I get super fucking tired when I read. So um, maybe I'm just stupid. Oh, dude, look at this shit. So I opened up to page um, 168, and there's this picture of this bus. Uh, and it says Internet 20, what is it? Internet 2012. And uh, they um, went on this bus tour across the country, and they talked to a bunch of startups. And uh, it was this cool fucking bus tour that they did. And I was on that bus and kind of a serendipitous thing that I just opened up to that page. Um, Anyway, that's how I met Alexis. Super fucking cool guy. Uh, And I'm going to try to see if I could read that in one sitting. Here's a book from Neil Strauss called Everyone Loves You When You're Dead. And Neil Strauss was for a long time a writer for... Uh, Rolling Stone, I think he wrote for a bunch of different uh, magazines and publications. He also wrote that book, The Game, which is kind of sketchy. And then I read and I realized that all you need to do to, to meet girls, if you're listening and you're single, all you need to do to meet girls is be a confident human being. Um, and The Game is more about pretending that you're that. <laughs> and I read that book and I was like, I don't fucking need this shit. I'm confident. And then I stopped reading it. So anyway, this one's cooler. I did like the way that it was written though, because he, you know, magazine writers know how to keep your attention. So anyway, so he wrote for all these different publications for a long time and he interviewed all these famous people and a lot of famous musicians. And this whole book is like excerpts or things that he didn't use or like more casual moments from interviews that he did when like, you know, the tape player was still rolling, but what they were talking about had nothing to do with the article that they wanted to come out. And it's just interesting as shit. A lot of like cool, candid moments and a lot of like weird um, life lessons and things that you would pick up from um, really just everyone you could possibly think of so many uh you know comedians bands whatever this book is also kind of like that so that's called everyone loves you when you're dead by neil strauss this is called sick in the head by judd apatow and it's kind of the similar thing but uh that we just did but for comedians and you know judd has talked to every comedian (laughs) really and he's just a huge comedy fan huge stand-up fan specifically and um uh really just interviewed everyone comedic actors will ferrell fucking um everyone everyone you could think of i don't even know why i would start naming people because it's ridiculous gary shandling chris rock I'm just flipping through Albert Brooks. So, you know, great writers, great comedians, and just a ton of interviews with them. The best, um, trying to get better as a comedian, one of the things you need to do is kind of listen to how other people came up and how they discovered their voice to help you discover your voice. And that's kind of what I used this for. Uh, Speaking of which... Steve Martin, Born Standing Up. This is Steve Martin's uh, national fucking treasure. And he is just, uh, he has um, infinite good advice. 
And uh, I watched his master class. I used to promote that all the time on this show. And it's just, he's very, he, um, he drops these like gems very effortlessly. And uh, that's one of those cases where in listening to somebody else's story, you could very easily figure out not easily, I guess. It, it helped me figure out certain things in, in my comedy journey by just listening to how his went. And it doesn't mean it parallels it at all. Or it doesn't mean like, um, you know, he did that, so I'll do that. It's just like, oh, he went about it this way, so I'm going to go about it um, in a way that applies to me. And that was very cool. Here's David Grohl's book. This... Uh, bookmark should be way further down, but I read too slow. And then I picked a couple art books. There's this mid-century modern graphic design book. And this is less about, uh, fuck, I love this shit. This is more a design art book, and it just has these fucking amazing posters. And just every single one of these, whenever I have to design something and I can't really think of anything, I'll flip through one of these books and I'll just be like, that looks awesome and amazing and it's so simple that i wish i had thought about it first and then uh i'll straight up just try to copy some of these sometime um to get my brain working and then by the end of what i'm going to make it's usually just some kind of like fucked up version of one of these or a very different version of or um my own version my own spin on um something that had been done in the 60s or whatever um, and here's another good design inspiration book. It's called junk type. And this is this dude. I think he was a, uh, he, uh, bought and sold like not souvenirs, but, uh, thrift stuff, just old, old shit. Um, what the, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? Antiques, I guess. And uh, bought and sold things all the time and then would just take a lot of times with just his uh, cell phone camera would take pictures of, you know, their the old logos on this stuff. Like here's something from an oil uh, or compound tin. Here's something from, you know, here's a record jacket and just like stuff that he's found over the years, old logos. And the stuff is so cool and just an infinite source of um, uh, inspiration from for when I'm trying to make stuff. So, long answer. Sorry, Tatiana. Dorky dog. <laughs> Why don't I give myself a breath? It's like I'm just here. You guys aren't putting any kind of a pressure on me or not like, hey, hurry up, let's rush through this. But I'm still like, huh, I'm going to keep talking. Or else everybody's going to fall asleep. <laughs> Is that the worst thing in the world? If somebody falls asleep? Anyway, I'm going to take my time. A little sip. Sometimes I'm listening to these back, especially when I'm by myself. And I'm just like, fucking take a breath, man. Everyone's, it's a podcast. Everybody's still here. So here's kind of a... Uh, Maybe an advice type question. Dorky Dog says, A new person came into my friend group a couple weeks ago. And this new girl is kind to everyone but me. I've been getting excluded more and more. And I'm going to move on. But are these people worth staying friends with? And the older I get, the more I... When I get these 
advice questions. I'm like, I have so many more questions to fill in gaps, but obviously, you know, 150 characters, how much could you, how much backstory could you really provide? And I'm going to say a couple things. One, it's always weird when you have your friend group and you have your ecosystem, even just in science and biology, you add a new thing into an ecosystem and it does weird things to it. You know, if a bug hitches a ride on fruit cargo from one part of the world and gets into another part of the world and destroys all the crops in the, in the new part of the world because it's just not from there. You know, coronavirus. Your friend is coronavirus, your new friend. And uh, not for everyone, but you. You are at high risk, and this new person's like a pandemic. But, uh, but also, it's like people change, you know? And um, I would... I consider myself a pretty self-aware person. But if this was to happen to me at the age I am now, I would like to be like, why do you guys want to hang out with her more than me? And I could take it because I'm good by myself and I know that I can make new friends. I know that naturally people move away from each other and kind of, uh, you know, they gravitate towards other things and whatever. People are always changing. But I would like to know... I think the worst thing is to be left in the dark because even if you're confident enough to get some constructive criticism in your life, I guess I just would like to know what the people who I thought I was friends with think of me now and see if maybe they think that I've changed or if I've done something. If I did something or if you in this case did something to piss everybody off, I think I'd like to know, you know, if they don't want to tell you, I mean, that even, that's an answer right there. And is that, you know, it's like, what do you need out of a friendship eventually? Do you need to be with someone that if you fucked up, they would tell you about it? Is that what you need out of a friend? Do you want to remain friends with a group of people who would kind of leave you in the dust and not talk to you to your face about it. So all things that you need to kind of consider. Um, but I would, you know, there's that, uh, there's another good book called start with why. And I forgot the fucking author's name too, man. I'm so bad with names, but it's called start with why. And, um, you know, you find the, the why between, uh, behind everything and it helps you understand everything better. It's like, why were they friends with you in the first place? Why would they gravitate to this new person and why her over you? And it doesn't mean like fucking choose, you know, like I wouldn't, if I were you, I wouldn't walk into that group and be like, it's fucking me or her dude. You choose because they, it sounds like they've already choosed, <laughs> choosed it. But I would be like, why do you like her more than me now? Why would you rather call her more than me? And then you be ready to like take whatever that is. And, uh, 
and use that knowledge into the future (laughs) and either uh, to help you move past that group or to help you um, understand more about yourself because that's growth, baby boys and girls, you know, you're not going to be friends with the same fucking group you were in middle school. And we all know that, but it's harder to be like, Oh, this is why I'm not, I fell out with them because they're liars or this girl cheated on me or whatever, or I was too needy or, um, I was too much for this group, but wouldn't you want to know, wouldn't it save everybody a lot of time to get an honest answer from somebody who stopped hanging out with them? I don't know. Alyssa Mayer says, how was Texas, uh, specifically Houston? Well, last episode, we talked about our time in Texas. I think the general consensus was that we thought we would be doing less driving. And when you drive for three hours a day for five days straight, it's kind of a bummer because you spend most of the time in the car, bathroom break, food, and then you get to the hotel and you check into the hotel, maybe kill an hour or so until you're allowed to check in. And then you kind of get all your shit, you get in the shower, you get some food. And by that time, it's like, how much time do you really have before the show to really enjoy anything? And that was the general thing is that we really didn't get enough time to like sit and enjoy the cities, but they were all fine. I like Dallas out Addison area the most Houston was fine. Um, didn't do anything real Houston specific to tell you the truth. Um, stayed in a regular hotel There's a lot of like strip mall stuff. There's a lot of like, uh, You know, there's a Chick-fil-A and a Target and a TGI Fridays and then just a lot of that on repeat. And we didn't get to like go into any place that would make Houston specific. We went to a Top Golf and I've never been to a Top Golf before. And if you I I would recommend that for anybody. We went with a dude, our our host, CJ Landry. Um I was I was there featuring for Ali Makovsky. So me, Ali, her boyfriend Mo, CJ, and uh, Zoya went to this Top Golf, and CJ had never touched a golf club before. And I think he ended up winning the first game of Top Golf because you go and you just blast it into this field with targets on it, and there's a video system that keeps track of like where your ball goes and the and uh, how many points you have, and then you could order fucking buffalo tendered fingers. And you order chicken and drinks, and you eat and drink with your friends, and you play golf. (laughs) It's fucking awesome. So that's what we did in Houston. That'll be my my favorite memory from there. But Texas is... The one thing that stuck out in my mind was the guy who I was sitting next to in the bar who was like, you know, a lot of people think we're like hardcore Republican conservative down here. And I'm sure in a lot of areas that checks out. But he was like, we don't give a fuck if you're Republican or Democrat. We just love Texas. We just want to be Texas. (laughs) And I was like, there's something beautiful about that. Uh, Barter Creative said, um, bad plane stories. And he said he never heard me talk about any kind of bad times that I've had on a plane because um, 
I don't know, man. I've been on a lot of planes in the past 20 years of my life. And I've had some bad trips. I think what happens is like when you first start going on planes, if you're nervous, any turbulence is going to freak you out. So you have, you rank all your plane trips based on the amount of turbulence you had. I remember I went on my first red eye, which is like you leave, you know, fucking, um, super early in the morning. So you, you're, you know, depending on where you're going, like if you leave New York super early in the morning. You'll get to L.A. by midday. And if you leave L.A. super early in the morning, you'll have, uh, you know, a bunch of times when you get to the East Coast or whatever. First time I flew across the country on a red eye, I was like, never doing this again. I'm all fucked up. I'm tired. And now it's like, if it's not a red eye, I don't want to go on the plane. You know, I want to have as much time as possible during the day. I don't want to land at seven o'clock at night and fucking be up for an hour and then go to sleep. I want to land and live <laughs> my life. I want to fly and live too. That's also, that's fun. Um, the worst, scariest, I mean, I've had a couple rough trips, but my, I'll give you my secret at the end. I'll tell you the worst plane ride I've ever been on, and then I'll give you my secret to not getting as nervous as to be helpful worst plane ride I've ever been on. I was on by myself. I have no idea where I was going, but there was this, uh, white dude with dreadlocks clearly on drugs by himself. And during takeoff, he like freaked out and was like, um, it's an emergency. We got to land the plane. I got to get out of here. And so he was kind of right behind me. And I heard the flight attendants being like, you sure? Because that's a huge fucking deal. And he's like, yeah, I'm having a bad time. And, uh, and so they went up and they talked to the captain and he was like, okay, we're going to land the plane, but I need everyone on the plane to know how dangerous this is. And they called it a heavy landing. And it's because they're basically, I think it was like in a cross country flight. And he goes, basically what we have to do is we have to land the plane with a full tank of gas. And if something goes wrong, we're all not going to be around. <laughs> and, uh, and I just remember everyone hating the fuck out of this person. And, um, we had to do that and it killed everybody's day. And then this dude just walked off the, he was having like an anxiety attack and I don't know if it was like drug induced or whatever, but he wasn't having a heart attack and I'm not trying to downplay anxiety or whatever, but, um, I've seen people like fly and land with worse things that were happening. And I just know that I felt like he unnecessary i'm not in him so i don't know what he's feeling but i felt like he uh, uh, unintentionally endangered a lot of people's lives by needing to do an emergency landing and delayed countless people not only every individual on our flight but every individual on every flight that was delayed because that guy needed to get off the flight whatever that was the worst scariest thing because i was like if we hit wrong or whatever 
We're in a bucket of jet fuel right now. My favorite Mac Miller song, Bucket of Jet Fuel. Um, so that fucking sucked. My secret to not getting super nervous on a plane is just watching the flight attendants. If the flight attendants aren't freaking out, and it takes a lot. I know a couple of flight attendants. Josie, what's really good. And if they're not freaking out, I'm not freaking out. No matter what the plane feels like. That's my trick. Nessa, last question from Twitter, and then we'll go into the slightly more insane uh, IG. How much are we? Okay, we're about 36 minutes. We'll try to blaze through the IG ones. Have you ever not vibed with one of Zoya's friends? Not that I remember, man. Zoya, and I've said this countless times, is maybe the best, one of the best judges of character that I've ever known. In my entire life. Um, She. So because of that. I've never been like. Why the fuck would you. Like this person. Or this person's a bit much. And just left over. From a time where you were different. And I don't think she's had any of that. With my friends either. But also we both kind of met each other. When we were older. Which I don't know. I'm. It's, uh, I don't know if that's a age thing, but it's probably more personality based thing, but she has a great personality and she's a great judge of character. She doesn't really put up with bullshit. I don't really put up with bullshit. So I've never met anybody in her life who was like, this person's just clearly bullshit. What are either of us doing here? She surrounds herself with cool people. Um, so, okay. So I want to take a little break. And I want to say that Horny for the Past is coming back. What is Horny for the Past? Me and Zoya, and with the help of Byron McCoy, um, kind of opened up a new vintage t-shirt shop, nostalgia shop online. Horny for the Past on IG. I think, I don't know if it's hornyforthepast.clothing or whatever. If you go to Byron McCoy website, um... You could search for it and it's and it's there. And there's a couple things in it right now. But um Horny for the Past on IGs where you'll be able to find a lot of that stuff and hopefully a link to the store. And if anything is disconnected, we'll get it all connected up. And we're getting ready to drop a bunch of new t-shirts, but it's just kind of like uh new vintage t-shirts. And I thought it would be a cool side business to um I like looking for things that I would like, and I have a lot of things that I think that you might like. So I'm kind of uh, offloading a bunch of stuff. I, you know, I travel the country and I see fucking, you know, I go into thrift stores and stuff, or I go into, um, you know, we go to like backyard sales and, and garage sales all the time. And if I pick up something that I think you guys might like, I'm going to throw it in the store. And that's going to be kind of like the permanent um, sponsor for this show from now on is Horny for the Past. And, uh, you know, there's like old VidCon t-shirts. There's a Hamburglar t-shirt that I got back in the day. The stuff that's already up there is like this vintage Guns N' Roses. Got an ODB t-shirt from when he passed away. Ultimate Warrior t-shirt that he was selling on his own. Dude, there's a... Um, I, th- I don't think it's an original, but like a second generation NWO t-shirt. A lot of cool fucking um, wrestling stuff. There's an 80s wrestling jacket 
that is kind of small but awesome, like rock and wrestling connection type era. Um, I got a Twin Galaxies t-shirt, if you've ever seen that uh, King of Kong documentary. Old Obey stuff. Anyway, a bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, and they're all kind of priced in different ranges. Like there's expensive stuff. Like that rock and wrestling jacket is more expensive. Cool as shit. And then there's also stuff that would be like $40, $50 in a regular vintage store in LA that's like 20 bucks. Um, So we're going to keep adding to that and hopefully you like that. Okay. Going to IG... I cheap and uh okay let's do it uh tender petals says beetles or rolling stones this maybe isn't my most popular opinion but i am not a rolling stones person i know that they have good songs i appreciate them i respect them i respect them as you know their place in rock history and i know they were very important but I'm not a Rolling Stones person. Some of their songs are fucking bangers, and I like them a lot, but I don't think I've ever had a Rolling Stones record. Not my favorite. Beatles, all the way, forever, for always. Amen. Greg Barbosa. Um, oh, he didn't ask a question. I said, hit me up with your questions when you're drunk. He says, I don't drink, so I guess I'll just listen without asking a question. Hashtag rules are rules. Thank you, Craig. Uh, Casey Landrigan, my favorite artist, maybe on the face of the planet, says ghosts. I uh, Zoya is very much like ghosts exist. When I was a teenager and preteen, I used to go looking for ghosts in haunted parts of Connecticut. I always wanted them to exist because I thought that if ghosts exist, then I would be able to hang out with like people like my grandma or other family members or friends who have passed on. I'd be able to like go to a place where ghost activity was happening and be like, hey, you never know if the wind blows a certain way, that's fucking, that's, you know, Mike or whatever, you know, but I don't know. The older I get, the more skeptical I get, but I don't know. I like weird shit. I like, I like not knowing the answer. I like, I'm already pretty stupid, but I like not knowing the answer to anything. If you were to be like, do ghosts exist or not? I want to be fine with being like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think because you have a podcast or a YouTube channel or a fucking Twitter account or because you pay T-Mobile $35 a month that you have to say things and have that be the thing and to never have to go back on what you say or never have to second guess any of these like you don't have to make fucking definitive statements all the time. My definitive statement is that I don't know and I'm willing to accept whatever because I don't know so much, you know. I feel like sometimes in certain parts of my life, I felt like to be interesting, you had to know. Or maybe to appear smart, you have to know. Or even if you don't know, you have to pick a side. I think that's it. And that's the thing that, you know, I've bummed myself on, out on that in the past. You know, sometimes it's cool just to not know. I don't know. Would be fun. <laughs> Would be fun if there were ghosts. Casey, do you think there's ghosts? Let me know in the comments below. 
critical photography says, uh, what if I'm also not drunk, but also have a question, ask your question. Uh, Korea says you have too much hair, right? Well, what's too much? Cause I know a lot of people who have more, I've had more. Now I have less. I don't think I have too much. My body is relatively, I don't have that much body hair, you know? which might be surprising to some and some have never even thought about that before. What are some, okay. So Brizzy Steph, uh, are there any comics in Seattle you'd recommend seeing live? I don't know who's like part of this Seattle scene. Cause one, I'm never around there. And anyone I know from Seattle has moved here or to New York. Um, I think my friend Mike Mazzalotti is from the Seattle area, but I truly don't know anyone who's like a Seattle comic doing shows in Seattle. The thing about comics is they bounce around a lot, and that's kind of by nature, because if you keep doing your show to the same state or same group of people, it's going to get old, and um, you'd have to come up with a lot of stuff lot of new stuff to have you see them all the time and then the people in the major cities like new york and la are um they uh they're always like there's an influx of tourists and people just pass through the city all the time so they get stay there and play to the same city because the the new people come to them but if you're just in seattle or something like that you might get less of an influx less of a tourism influx or whatever so all that is to say, I don't know any Seattle-specific people. Sorry. I would say get on a, a plane. Or uh, just see who's touring through Seattle. And go check out your local shows. Just go see comedy. Why do you need me to tell you who's good and who's not? You go and you see. You go, you see. Let's take a break. Chaws17 says, ketchup or mustard on a dog? Mustard only. I think ketchup on hot dog is disgusting. Jay Bogdan's child, Junior Bogdan, says, would a giraffe wear a necktie? Oh, we've already had this before. Don't ask me internet questions. You know what I mean? Don't ask me, like, why do we park in a parkway? Why do we drive in a parkway? <laughs> There's a question about a giraffe. Would a giraffe wear a necktie down at the bottom by his shoulders? Or would he wear it up by his head? I don't fucking know. This is another one of those I don't fucking know questions. I am thinking about it. I think it's more economical to wear it down by his shoulders because then he could wear a more regular sized tie. Tiny tie up by the chin doesn't really make any sense and looks uncomfortable. Reminds me of a priest almost wearing that collar for no reason. Hit him with it. Um, and then or uh, something tied up by his throat where and then it's just like a super extra long tie seems cumbersome. So shoulders there. Happy. Uh, Nor Anwar 
Hadi says. How do you wake up an arm that's been falling asleep? Yell at it. KNRC33 says, as a fellow Connecticutian, Connecticutian? What do we call it? Nutmegger? It's nutmegger. What, if anything, do you miss about Connecticut? The fall and the winter. I don't miss snow at all. I thought that I would at some point. I miss seeing it. I don't miss dealing with it. You see snow falling, and that's beautiful. And then you go outside, and nothing has tracks in it yet. And that's all beautiful. And it makes things look beautiful. And it sticks to the trees, and that shit is beautiful. And then you have to deal with it for fucking a week and a half after that while it doesn't melt. And then there's black ice. And then you slip on a sidewalk and you break your wrist and all that kind of shit. And it's just hazardly and it sucks my ass, but, um, it looks beautiful. And the thing I miss the most is fall and leaves. And I've said that since the beginning of time and I'll never not feel that way. Hit him with it. This is another person that says I'm not drunk, but I just ended a 72 hour fast. Does that count? No. That's a fast. I would rather be drunk than um, than to fast for 72 hours. And I would like to know why. Religious thing? Health thing? I love eating so much. And to not do it for that long would really bum me the fuck out. And make my head hurt. I've been doing intermittent fasting. And that's only like 12, 13 hour window, right? From like, uh, it would be probably from like seven or eight at night. And then you fast until like 10 o'clock the next morning or maybe noon the next day. And even that hurts my fucking head. Makes me angry. I get angry fast when I'm hungry. Ask anyone. I know. Anna Valles says, what's your favorite Halloween memory? Player... Right before I was too old to do Halloween, um, we would trick-or-treat in my friend's condo complex. And it was called the Farm Mill River Condos in Shelton, Connecticut. And there are so many houses next to each other that that was like the first year I brought a pillowcase out and it was filled to the brim. And we didn't leave the condo complex. And that was awesome. And that part of my life was magical. I discovered so many things in that apartment complex. I, my friend's dad was growing weed and I'd never seen that before. And it's like the first kids in my high school to smoke weed or middle school, their dad was like growing it. Uh, Halloween was awesome. Summers were mayhem. Summers were mayhem because all the kids, dude, there was something to do every part of the year. Summers, we would have these water balloon fights that were, and that was the closest to war that I've ever been a part of. It was insane. Always. No holds barred. Winter, we would wait till it snowed and there was this part of the complex with like a field and we would play tackle football in the snow. First snowfall of every year, we'd do that. Me and my friend would, my friend Chris Nolan, we would just box. 
We had toy boxing gloves, which were like, I don't know, cotton and plastic. And we would just beat the shit out of each other to learn how to like take a punch and stuff. There was really something and they had a pool, you know, some kid would always poop in the pool. Anyway, that was my favorite Halloween memory, I think. Uh, I guess as a kid who celebrates Halloween and then as an older kid in my early 20s, we would go to Boston. We would go to the Fenway area in Boston and that was mayhem in an adult type way. And then college, um, Halloween is mostly sex stuff, but um, early 20s out of college, Halloween is mostly drinking stuff and sex stuff and debaucherous. Do the older beware of the uh, adults that celebrate Halloween too much because they're horny as fuck. Anyway, by Justine says, uh, I'm not drunk, but black or green olives. I know I'm a bad Italian, but I hate olives. I hate olives. It tastes like salt jello. Brizzy Steph is back with another banger. <laughs> the best candy to get. While trick or trusting. Drunk? Totally drunk? Um, anytime I got a Snickers, or I have to be honest, Snickers is my favorite candy of all time, but anytime I got any kind of Reese's peanut butter, anything, I'd be like, these people know what the fuck is up. And that was the best. And I would separate out my candy cause only child had nothing but time. And I would dump out the bag or the pillowcase or whatever it was. And I would start sorting them. Here's my, um, Snickers stuff. Here's, uh, like sweet tart type stuff. Here are the Necco wafers. We put those in the garbage can. And here, the pile of Reese's peanut butter themed things was always the most valuable. Brizzy Steph is back with another banger. We'll be back after this. Says, uh, what is, what's a news joke you wrote recently that you want to share? I won't share the whole thing, but I'll share a couple premises with you because what's the point? Why would you come see me live? If I just talked out my jokes on the podcast for you, I have one joke about finding a sex book in my grandparents' house while looking through their stuff as an only child. Cause my grandparents used to watch me a lot. They had this book called the joy of sex that I found. I thought it was a Bible cause there were naked people with beards in it. And I was like, why is the first chapter of the, why is Adam and Eve in every <laughs> chapter of this Bible? <laughs> How long did they live? I have another joke about feeling guilty that one of my hobbies is playing video games and spending hours on video games when I get to, and then you know, I talked to my dad about if he had any hobbies at, at my age that he felt guilty about spending a lot of time on. What else? I got a lot of jokes I really like right now. Brizzy Steph is back with another banger. 
what should I do in NYC when I come for DB? Dude, go to the Comedy Cellar. Go to Statue of Liberty. Drive the subway. Drive the subway. Um, get in a fight with a taxi cab driver. Go in a bar that is located beneath the surface of the earth. Go to fucking Times Square. Go to Broadway. Go to Sabaros. Sabaro or Sabaros? <laughs> Go to Madison Square Garden. Go to Westchester. <laughs> Go to Staten Island. Why did it stop? There. <laughs> That's fun. Kind of let myself down there for a second. Anyway, Rogues Gallery says. <laughs> what would you change about any holiday and why? I don't know. I wish that people weren't so bummed out about Thanksgiving. I wish that Thanksgiving was more about getting together with your family and less about the history of the world. I wish people were still down with the getting together with your family and getting along with your family part of it. Somebody said something, dude, Hank Green had a tweet about how Halloween was one of the last things we do as like a neighborhood and one of the last um things that help you r remind yourself that there are like good people in your neighborhood who want to like be neighborly and I think that's real nice. It's not something I would change, but I just like that part of it. Uh, best Halloween costume you've ever done. That's Brizzy Steph back with another banger. <laughs> uh, one time I was the crow and I went to a party and I just stood in the corner and I looked at everybody. And I don't know what that is. I didn't hang out with a lot of those people after that. Um, one year in Boston, the debaucherous times that I was telling you about in Boston, we had a group costume and we were all, um, sh original street fighter characters. And I was Zangief and that was awesome. And I think that was the coolest cause I'd never been part of a big group like that. And that was cool. Plastic slide says also, hi, I'm drunk. And I really love you and Zoya. Thanks for teaching me how to be a good person. And their question is, how do I get over being scared of all the things I want in my life? Moving, changing jobs, etc. If you don't move and you want to, and if you don't change jobs and you want to, when you're stuck in the same place and you can't do anything about it years later, You'll only have yourself to blame. <laughs> I wanted to finish it so bad, but I couldn't. It's all over all the expensive stuff that I have. Listen, bud. 
change is scary. <laughs> change is scary and it sucks and moving fucking sucks. And you got to bother other people to help you or you got to buy a truck. And it sucks. But everything that's worth doing because of if you need a different outcome to the way your life is currently going, you're going to have to do some some shit that sucks and some shit that takes a lot of effort. And there's nothing scarier than seeing where you could have been or what you could have done had you had just moved your ass a little bit. There's nothing scarier than regret for me if I'm speaking personally. And uh, you gotta give, you get one life, depending on what religion you are, you get one life and you gotta give yourself the best shot at that life. And if that means doing something scary every now and again, that's exactly what that means. You gotta do that. Or else be prepared to deal with. It's like, what's what's better? Being a little bit uncomfortable now or being uncomfortable perpetually in the future? Don't be afraid of giving yourself a better life. Christina breathes in. These guys are back with another banger. Christian is his name. Are costumes mandatory at a Halloween party? I don't know, man. Um, as much as I'm like, you're an adult, don't dress up. I get it. If you don't, I would say... If you don't feel like dressing up, just don't go to the Halloween party. If you grow up and you don't want to dress up and you want to go to a Halloween party and you can't even like uh, put a fake mustache on or something, I'm going to look at you at the party and be like, that person's not fun. Regardless, without even talking to you, I will pass judgment and that will be how I think about you forever. If we're at a Halloween party and everyone is dressed up, but you and you're there with a with a drink and you're making conversation and everyone's happy to see you and I will say that person's here and other people are happy to see them but I don't think that that person is interesting at all and that's being honest. Frau Lauren, this is Lauren says, who are some of your favorite comedians? I don't even know. I can go on forever. Who do I like to watch? When I was getting into comedy, I was listening to Mitch Hedberg all the time. Um, and, you know, Daniel Tosh, I was listening to. I was a big Dane Cook fan when I was in college. And then, like, now I like watching all of my friends. Who would I get really excited about? Amy Miller is great. Brian Simpson is great. A lot of, like, my buddies that I play fucking golf with, you know? My fucking um, Luke Schwartz is great. Maddie Lockwood's great. Um, I like watching everyone. I like watching my friend Tommy Wakefield and Kyle Real. I like watching my friend um, Katrina Davis. 
I like watching all my friends. I like watching Maddie Chimber. Maddie Chimber is a great comedian, and I like watching the audience not get behind him <laughs> because it's so funny. Because it's so funny to watch your friends who you know are great comedians not connect with an audience or bomb because you know that they're great and they know that they're great. And they're just like, whatever, now I'm up here until I'm done, and then I'll go to my next spot, and I'll be great at my next spot. But I, I was on a show with Maddie recently, and he, the audience was just very tough because we were like at some kind of dance club or whatever. And the mic had um, like a ton of reverb on it. So he was like, uh, he was, uh, how do I stop this? It sounded like this. Um, hey everyone, so you know how when uh, you're dating and dating is tough and no one fucking, who wants to listen to that? And he was eating shit and then I was like, I can't wait for him to come down. And we did two shows that night at the same place. And he fucking, you know, he did great on both of them, but he killed with the audience on the second one because they turned off the fucking reverb and they can hear him. But like literally my countless people Andrew Santino will always be one of my favorites um so many people Nicole Amy Schreiber has a really fun way of dealing with people I could be here for the rest of the day on this text me I'll give you some recommendations Helen the ginger says hi Mike what's up my do are you excited the Braves are you excited to the Braves win the World Series? No. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I don't know that I could name a baseball player currently. Chris, happy birthday, Chris. What tips do you have for a dude going on a second date? Be yourself. If you're going on a second date, be yourself. Because the more you try to either portray something that you're not for the sake of maybe this will get me a third date or maybe this is what this person wants, the further you get away from an enjoyable experience eventually. Because... People are just going to expect something different from you. If you go out and you paint this version of a person that you think the other person might be attracted to, it's just going to be harder to sustain the further that you get. Some people get married before they realize that they're not that. Be yourself as close to the very second you meet someone as possible and you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> Fucking be yourself. And it'll never feel like work. And you'll never feel like, whoa, oh, what do I gotta do on this date? What do you gotta dress? You ain't gonna smell like. Smell like yourself. And dress like yourself. And be yourself. And then when that person falls in love with you, They'll fall in love with you. And if they don't fall in love with you, on to the next, on, on to the next, on to the next. I got a hundred ways to get it. Or a million. I have a million ways to get it. Tatana says, what's the best lazy Halloween costume you've ever seen? 
Just the mustache. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're at a party and everyone else is in it to win it and fucking elaborate and you got dressed for seven hours to come here and then somebody else rolls in and they have a mustache because they just want to chill and drink, that's funny. That's funny. Emmy Page says, should have been yesterday. I don't know what that means. Robert Mathias says... Who the fuck eats uncovered on the table pub mix? Don't know what that means. Teresa Shriver. This must have been the drunk part of the night. Favorite Paul Simon song? I like uh, Call Me Al. And probably other ones that I can't think of right now. Man walks down the street and says, I'm myself in the middle now. I'm myself in the middle now. If you be my money on, I can be your long, long fan. You can call me Edward. Edward, when you call me, you can call me. Matt Poole, 13, says, horny for candy corn? Absolutely. What'd you just get here, dog? Been horny for candy corns. Haven't had any this year. Haven't seen them. Haven't been in a CVS near the front where they sell fucking pillows of them. Taylor Garcia says, I'm not drunk, but what hair products do you use to keep those bouncy curls going? I don't know. That's a question for Zoya. I see a pump. I pump it into my hand. I put it into my hair. Zoya says, use this. You should use this. And then I use that. And now I have this head. Ryan B. Co. says, what's the first step in artistic discipline? Something I don't feel like I have. Wait, what? Something. Sometimes I just don't feel like I... I just don't feel like it. <laughs> What's the first step in artistic discipline? Sometimes I just don't feel like it. Um... I don't know. I don't know. When you... Uh, when I... I just try to make something all the time. If you, if figure out what your purpose is, going back to the beginning of the show, figure out what your why is. Do you want to get better? Do you want to use these things? Do you want these things to be a part of your life forever? Like I want taking pictures to be part of my life forever. I want drawing and designing stuff to be part of my life forever, wherever that occupies space and time in my life. So I would like to keep getting better at those things. I look at things from when I first started all this shit and I was like, if I still took pictures like that or if I still drew like that or if I still didn't add, you know, whatever things that I've applied that I've learned over the years, I wouldn't want to look at any of it. And now I, I'm kind of in this place where, you know, I could look at pictures that I took a couple of years ago and things that I designed a couple of years ago and still love them because I put the effort into it and I got better. So I don't know. I guess the part of that that trips me up is the sometimes I don't feel like it part. There are things I always feel like making something. I don't always feel like making a video or something. You know, like back in the day, back in like the walk and talk days, I couldn't fucking wait to like 
make the walk and talk videos because they felt like a uniquely my thing. And now I feel like sometimes I'm making a video to contribute to videos, you know, like a podcasting video isn't a terribly unique thing to do. Everyone sits, this is interesting. And I don't think about this a lot, but I do think about it sometimes sitting here and looking at the camera and talking to you and giving you advice is not a new thing anymore. When I first started, that didn't exist. And then we did it. And then everybody did it. Uh, where you just sit down, you fucking, you film yourself and you talk to the camera, you know? And I don't always feel like doing that because unless it has some kind of greater meaning. And that's when you get into like, you know, like I've been doing the advice videos again. I'm getting ready to write a new batch of those. Um, because that to me, even though the visually sitting here and speaking to a camera isn't super compelling visually, but what I'm doing is I'm using my own something that's uniquely me to talk about what you have going on. And at the very least, whether a hundred people see that or a thousand people or 10,000 or a hundred million thousand, that will at least have weight and significance to the person who asked me the advice. So that's what makes that worth it. I don't always feel like sitting down and making a thing that I feel is already out there and, and like everything else. Not that I put a lot of pressure on me to be absolutely unique because who is absolutely unique, you know? But um, I do sometimes like feel like drawing like a poster or something like that. And I don't necessarily have something to do. So I'll just fucking doodle and then I'll be excited about the process. You got to be excited about the process. Like I haven't, um, I don't always feel super inspired, but the other day, perfect example. I, I did a TikTok where I drew this thing. It was like a skull and then it said horny ween, happy horny ween or something. And I made a stupid TikTok and I said, happy horny ween, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm looking at this doodle, which is like pen and ink in one of my books. And I was like, I could take a picture of that and transfer that to my iPad and then go over it with my different pads or, or pens and textures and procreate and see if I can make a cool skull out of it. And it's not going anywhere necessarily. It's not like I'm going to draw this and put it on Instagram or I'm going to draw this and sell it. I literally got excited about the fact that something started as a pen drawing to just see if I could remember how to draw a skull without a reference. And then I drew that and letters around it. And I was like, I could bring that into procreate and make it whatever the fuck I want. And you get excited about the process. And that inspires me to, to make stuff and to do more. That would have been a great one to end on, but I do have a, a one more. How many crab cakes do you think you can eat in 15 minutes? 15, depending on the size, uh, hors d'oeuvre crab cakes in like at a wedding, Give hang, keep hanging out with me, the person who brings around those finger food all day. If you're looking at more traditional crab cakes that are the shape and size of like a, like a hamburger patty, I could do maybe one and a half, two of those, which doesn't make sense because I could eat 44 fucking Snickers fun size bars 
and get sick after two full-size Snickers bars. So the mystery continues. Ladies and gentlemen, check out uh, Horny for the Past, which is an online store. New nostalgic stuff handpicked by your boy, sent to Byron. Uh, you know, extra stuff with a lot of the pur- the purchases. I gave him a lot of cards um, from the 80s, early 90s to sneak in with your with your purchase. So if you buy a shirt, you'll get something extra. You know, I have a, one of a lot of these things, if not one of everything. And um, so once it's gone, it's gone. Different things at different price points so don't think sorry if we're hitting the microphone that you're not going to be able to afford something or it's some like blown out nostalgia thing there's something for everybody horny for the past on ig if you want to ask me advice questions hit me up in my dms uh mike falzone on ig or twitter or whatever the fuck um you know and then keep your eyes glued for more advice videos on youtube I'll be touring a lot next year. Um, I guess before next year even starts, December 1st, of course, we're going to be in Boston um, for Dynamic Banter Live. December 2nd, we're going to be in New York. December 5th, I'm going to be in Bridgeport, Connecticut, Park City Music Hall in Bridgeport. Can't wait to be traveling around more than I already am. So excited to be traveling around now. I'm sure Zoya sends her fondest regards. And I'll get this up to you guys as soon as I possibly can. The sooner I hit stop, send the shit out to you, the sooner it's up on the internet. So I'm going to hit stop right now. I love you guys so much. Thank you for being here. This is, uh, this was, this. I had a good time.